1: This week's episode of the Platinum Sombrero podcast is brought to you by the Fresh Prince Photo Lab. Are your summertime pictures still waiting to be printed and framed? Is it way past time to show everyone your memories of Miami or your time in the wild, wild west? Come on down to the Fresh Prince Photo Lab, where we offer an extensive array of printing options for all of your photography needs, from men in black and white to so fresh, full of color. Whether you're getting something for your Mr. Nice Guy, or if it's for just the two of us, you'll feel compelled to share all of them with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. We also offer on-site camera repair, so your photos will always be in focus. We're conveniently located right next to DJ Jazzy Jeff's joint, and right across the street from Uncle Phil's house of barbecue. The Fresh Prince Photo Lab, because na-na-na-na-na-na-na, na-na-na-na-na-na-na.
0: They don't understand that us kids are going to make some mistakes So to you other kids all across the land There's no need to argue, parents just don't understand Hey boys and girls, what's up? You guys know we already did an episode, but it's very important We got an emergency episode to do today And I am joined by my friend, colleague, partner in crime Doc Herbert. Doc, how are you feeling waking up today?
1: Man, I feel good. I feel really, really good. I think I have more questions than I did yesterday about uh, about the Braves offseason, but feeling really good, feeling like we got a robust bullpen and a lot of offseason left.
0: Well, for those of you that are listening to the Locked On channel, uh, first off, glad that you're still around. It's been a while since I've done an episode, but... This is one of those things where I'm kind of glad I get to do this with Doc, because as you guys know, I do the TPS, the Platinum Sombrero with Doc every single week, which if you are missing the sound of my voice or you're missing my hot takes, please just go to the Platinum Sombrero and listen along. But today I finally get to do what I've been waiting to do for Locked On all offseason. We have some big time news from the Atlanta Braves. And honestly, if you'd asked me. If I was expecting this, I would have said no, Doc, you and I did a TPS episode when i was down in uh panama city and you had mentioned will smith as one of the top guys in your top 5 to add as through free agency and well
1: lo and behold it happened i think it, it might have been kind of a kind of an easy connection to make between the two you know the brave's bullpen last year was subject to a lot of criticism rightfully so and Smith is a local guy. He is he is from Noonan. So I think that that on paper, the, the fit was kind of obvious. But this just came out of nowhere. It was just middle of the day. Everybody's just kind of bebopping along, riding out the clock. And all of a sudden, you know, we were looking at the deadline for accepting a qualifying offer. And well, not only did Smith officially reject his, uh, this took place simultaneously while he signed his deal with the Braves. So just no, there had been no rumblings. There was nothing actually concrete about it. So Alex Anthopoulos once again uh, puts a notch in the belt for being able to move in complete silence and upgrade this team. I just I love it. What you love this move too, right?
0: Absolutely. This is why I've said a million times that if you hear Alex's name attached to a player, it's not true. Uh, and if he, woe to anybody, if he says that he feels comfortable with a position on the team, you can expect him to add somebody to that position immediately.
1: This is two straight years. He's done the exact same thing and right about the same time of year. I mean, it was within 48 hours last year when he said we were perfectly content with our infield. And then he went out and signed Josh Donaldson to play third. And while they were at the GM meetings this week, he said, you know, we're focusing more on catcher and the rotation. We're happy with our bullpen and immediately goes out and signs. Not just signs a reliever, but signs the marquee reliever, one with a, a qualifying offer attached. You know, they're sacrificing a draft pick. They obviously are very passionate about this. So, kudos, kudos to the Braves. <laughs>
0: you look. And this is the first, by the way. This is the first qualifying offer or a player with a qualifying offer attached that they've gotten since Irvin Santana in what would we say twenty fourteen.
1: Mm-hmm. And even even that was kind of like a last minute panic move. So. Yeah, they, they, Which, don't just, by the way, they don't just do this.
0: Quick reminder quick reminder to everybody out there. What happened with that qualifying offer pick uh, in 2014 for Irvin Santana? Oh, I don't know. Somebody named Mike Soroka.
1: That is true. This is back in the good old days when you could offer a qualifying offer to a player more than one time. So Braves gave up a pick in 14 to get Santana, and then after he left, that turned into the 28th pick in 2015. So, yeah, that is when they took Soroka.
0: And that is... The other big thing from this signing is it's not just that they signed him; uh, it's the amount of money he got. Three years and forty million, thirty nine million, if you want to be absolutely exact. Uh, but there is a one million dollar buyout attached to an optional fourth year, which is also worth thirteen million. So it could go as high as four and four and fifty three, which is absolutely incredible. And I feel super incredible. Do you know why? Tell me why. This is the exact contract that I told you on the Platinum Sombrero that he would get. Do you remember? I said he wouldn't. I said he would get paid around the same range as Adam Adovino or Zach Britton, uh, and I, I said that he would get closer to Zach Britton because he does have the the saves in his background. Um, and I mentioned that he would turn down the qualifying offer because he could get three years.
1: That I actually do remember that. I I was kind of surprised that the Giants gave him the QO to begin with, and I'm even just kind of based on everything surrounding the Braves with the international restrictions or excuse me, the restrictions because of the international uh, misgivings from a couple of years ago. I mean, they, they've got to be really careful about their prospects and how they, they funnel new talent into the organization. So if they're willing to give this up for obviously the, the best reliever that that's out there right now, but if they're willing to do that for a guy that's only going to wind up pitching 65, 70 innings next year, they really have got to be passionate about this move. So that sets up a lot of other questions for what the, for what happens now. Be, there's so many different different directions. Like, like I said, I've, I woke up with more questions than I had before this because now I'm like, is this the big move? Is there more coming? Have they decided to bump payroll up? Just the the number one takeaway that I have here is that whoever is making these decisions, whether it's Alex Anthopoulos or his team or whatever, they took losing the NLDS real hard, and they're not going to screw around. They're going to come out, and they're going to start making moves, I hope. I hope that this doesn't turn into, like, last year where it's, hey, we got Donaldson and McCann in the same day. We're going to wait two months and sign Marquecas, and then it's going to be spring training. Like, I hope this sets the tone for the rest of the offseason.
0: And it's really interesting. If this had been, say, Mike Moustakas getting that big deal, then I think that you and I would assume that that would be the big expenditure for the offseason. But because it's a reliever, and Alex has previously stated that he doesn't, and Alex's M.O. going all the way back to Toronto is is to not give relievers big contracts. This is a very interesting type of of test case here because that's a lot of money. And Alex, we we saw early this offseason when they declined the option on Tyler Flowers and Nick Marcakis. Um, they declined the option so that the, the buyout would get hit on 2019's payroll, not 2020's, and then immediately re-signed them to the uh, $4 million, which is the, the same deals they did last year, essentially. And then they declined Julio's. They've been making sure to to allocate as much funds as possible to that 2019 payroll, where they had that $56 million bubble. But this... I, I don't know which way I'm going on this. This, this could mean a, a few things. So... For those of you that are super excited and think that this 100% means that payroll's going up, I'm not certain that I actually agree for the simple question of this could be nothing more than Alex seeing that the bullpen blew three out of the five games in the NLDS. Uh, and Will Smith is a guy that if if you had had Will Smith in one, in any of those one situations, the Braves win the NLDS. So that could, be, that could have been a big contributing factor. Another factor could be, that Alex is going for it this year which a uh, friend of the program of both programs Gabe Burns has stated that in 2020 was the year that the Braves were going World Series uh, so that that's another infinite that's another big possibility uh, they could feel that since they're not going to re-sign Josh Donaldson which we'll talk about here in a second that losing one qualifying offer pick for for Will Smith is mitigated by getting a pick in return for Donaldson there's a lot of different ways that you can take this now now that I'm, I'm really into the swing of this, I'm really excited to see what happens.
1: Yeah, and, and to piggyback off of what you were just saying, when you look at what happened in the NLDS with Chris Martin getting hurt, then that threw everything in disarray immediately because then Max Fried wound up getting pulled out of the rotation and was he became a bullpen stalwart and then you wound up having to put Julio Tehran on and you're you're adding a starter where you needed to add a bullpen guy and I think that yeah, it's a good thing that they went out and they they made those moves at the trade deadline to get Shane Green, to get Mark Melanson and Chris Martin, because if not for that, it could have been real ugly. But when they knew, as soon as Martin went down, they're like, we we don't have the depth. You know, this is we have to put Julio on because there's kind of not really anybody else. So I wouldn't be surprised if this, you know, I don't think this is going to be the last bullpen move that they make, even this is obviously going to be the, the most substantial one, but you can get some really good depth pieces in there so you're not just having to say, oh, crap, I guess we have to get Julio now. We have to We have to put him on the, the playoff roster where two straight years, you're basically just putting him in the very back end and praying to God that he didn't wind up having to pitch at all. So, mm, I just love this. But but you also bring up the really good point about like the, none of the holes that he said that needed to get filled, none of them have been filled. They still need to to get somebody in the rotation. They still need to get a third baseman. They still need to figure out something in the outfield, probably, unless they're just kind of waiting until Pache and or and Waters come up or something related to those two guys. There's still a long way to go here. So payroll is has got a way to go. This is, it's perfectly natural to look at this and assume, well, they're not just going to blow their wad on, on a high leverage reliever. Who's not going to pitch as much as, um, as any of the starters, but Man, I I feel <clears throat> feel good about the fact that he's not or that Anthopoulos isn't waiting for the market to take shape. He's getting out ahead of things and saying this is the guy that I want. And you know he's got some familiarity with Mark Melanson in there. I'm sure that having a buddy and on top of playing for his for his hometown team was certainly a, a big reason why he came here. And ability, the ability to win. I mean, he played for the Giants last year, so I think that I also would want to come and play for a division one or two.
0: Well, there's a lot to unpack with this because not only is it getting the premier arm in a bullpen that now is pretty stout, uh, it, it also fills another huge need of a lefty in the bullpen, which they didn't have any reliable lefties. They had Blevins and they had Sean Newcomb. And that were basically the only two lefties. Grant Dayton was okay, but he was hurt a lot and he wasn't especially effective. Now you bring in Will Smith, it could also signal that they really do expect Sean Newcomb to make a play for the starting rotation. Uh, they've already said that Alex Anthopoulos has stated that Mark Melanson is still the closer uh, and that Smith is going to be like a, a setup type of guy. To me, what that states, because Smith is, is much better than Melanson, it almost looks like he's trying to nerf his own manager a little bit. Um, because as we've seen, stick, gets very traditional with bullpen usage. Uh, if you remember the playoffs, Mark Melanson did not come into a game unless the Braves were leading at the end of the game uh that that's just the way that snit employs his closers very similar to freddie gonzalez in that uh, in that regard i know i just gave you guys a lot of ptsd about kim roll being left in the bullpen Um, why would you do that but but i think it's important to mention that because while everybody loves snicker for how he handles the players well most people do um doing it like this and, and and kind of putting in snit's mind that that Will Smith is, you know, not the closer that's going to open him up to be used in the highest of leverage situations with that, which I think is infinitely more valuable than how many saves you get anyway. Uh, This is good. It could also it it could also have some ramifications for Shane Green. If his price gets a little too high in arbitration for what the Braves feel he deserves, then he could get non tendered now. And you've got a better candidate that you've just signed in the system. So there are a number, a number of ways this signing could actually end up going.
1: The green thing is really interesting. I I would be surprised if if they were so quick to give up on him. I know that his price tag is escalating, but
0: Well, and if you look at his career, it's it's not been the best career for him either. Last year in Detroit was a, a, a large outlier from what his traditional numbers are.
1: That's true. That that is that is very true. Um I I like the idea of the three headed monster, kind of what they did for for Martin Green Melanson, and now it could be Smith Green Melanson in in any particular order. I like the fact that um, Smith being lefty and both Green and Melanson being being righties, it gives you some some options there depending on uh, what your definition of, of closing or, or being in the most high leverage situation if you're facing the heart of an order in the eighth inning and you've got two lefties coming up or something, then you're more inclined to go Smith and let Melanson handle the ninth or whatever. But I, I do think that as it pertains to Shane Green, on top of the fact that he's going to wind up costing, let's we'll say seven and a half million dollars next year. He also cost Joey Wentz. He also cost Travis DeMerritt. I think that they would, I don't think they would be so quick to just discard him just because he got expensive, especially if they're willing to spend $27 million between Melanson and uh, Will Smith. But, you know, maybe he winds up getting traded. I had wondered whether or not Melanson would get traded because he's carrying $14 million next year, but he also has the no-trade clause that he had to waive to come here. I, I don't really think that he would be inclined to pass on it and, and go somewhere else again. So... Either some other money is getting moved or, and this is where it keeps coming back to, they have to be upping the payroll. You can't do this and fill the other holes because they don't really have any huge bad contracts to dump. Like if the worst contract they've got is Ender and Ciarte, that's not a bad situation at all.
0: No, it really isn't. And I still expect them to to at least try to bring back Chris Martin and... I, I'm still trying to figure out, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that the Braves made a really aggressive move for a reliever, not a position player, when you know that position player is a big area of need. And I'm not saying that to be angry about this. Uh, I, I I think it pretends very well to what the Braves are looking to add throughout the rest of this free agency. Um, I, I do think that Mike Moustakis is going to be a prime target. I do wonder what your takes are on the Josh Donaldson thing. Does signing a guy with a qualifying offer... Lead you to believe that Donaldson is gone?
1: Um, kinda, yeah, a little bit. I, I think I, I alluded to the the international misgivings and how that that cost costs some ability to get an influx of talent from abroad. But they, this organization has always prided itself on the way that it it drafts, especially especially in recent years. And you start looking at at these different things. I mean, I think that they would be really smart. To manage their draft picks very carefully, but if things are are like like you said and, and like you have heard from Gabe, I mean, if it's World Series or bust, then I'm as much of a I'm as passionate about the draft as anybody, and screw the draft. If it comes down to having a really solid draft and winning the World Series, man, I I never watch the draft again. So, as it pertains to Donaldson, if he goes somewhere else then, you know, let's say say that he goes to the Rangers, because that's one of the names that he's been linked to. Then they're and these are just kind of estimates here because we don't know exactly what the full picks are gonna be, but the Braves second round pick, which is what they're sacrificing for Smith, would be approximately number sixty-five. And the coupe they would excuse me, the pick they would recoup for Donaldson would be approximately number seventy five. And going off of the numbers from last year, because they haven't released the the slot values yet, the sixty fifth pick that the Braves just sacrifice was worth one million twenty five thousand one hundred dollars towards the pool. And the seventy-fifth pick, which they would get if Donaldson leaves, is or was eight hundred and thirty one thousand one hundred dollars. So you're moving back ten picks, which when you're at that point of the draft, the difference in talent is kind of negligible. You could have a bunch of different evaluators rank guys in in that particular area of the draft and it'd be just kind of interchangeable in some spots. But you're looking at just south of two hundred thousand dollars worth of your bonus pool which all things considered when you're dealing with 11 million dollars in a bonus pool is is kind of kind of a drop in the bucket i think they are probably prepared now to i think they're still going to make the push to bring jd back but i think that um, the flexibility this allows because if you just cost both of those picks then that that's a lot but if you're recouping one for jd then I, I think that that helps justify this move a little bit. It is kind of strange that of all the QO guys they could have gone after, you know, they could have gone after Wheeler, um, they could have gone after Rendon. They, they weren't going to. They're not going to give a, give away a contract like that. But of all of the guys that they could have gone after, they went after the one reliever. So that's that's kind of interesting. And if if I had to like really nitpick and say if I had like any type of problem with this deal, it would be that. But even that's kind of like a back burner concern for me. I just talked a lot. Please say something.
0: Yeah, and, and I think what I want to get into really now is we're all excited to have Will Smith. Will Smith is a guy that gets a lot of strikeouts, which you know is something that I'm very big on having. I think strikeouts are key in this era of baseball. But I kind of want to break down Will Smith because he doesn't do it in the traditional way. He's not a guy that's going to throw a 100-mile-an-hour fastball.
1: Yeah, his, he's he's primarily a two-pitch guy, four-seam fastball, and an absolutely elite slider. Um He's not a big velo guy. He's gonna average like ninety-two and a half miles per hour. But his he got ninety-six strikeouts last year, and seventy-one of those his out pitch was on his slider. We're going to see it a lot. It is nasty. It breaks. Um, God, it breaks so much. And and he rides all this to over the past two years. He had Tommy John in twenty seventeen, and for between when he came back in May of twenty eighteen and the end of this last year. Uh, he struck out 37.4% of batters. That's 12.7 strikeouts per nine. And a lot of the time when you see these guys with the really eye-popping strikeout numbers, they have really high walk rates too. That's not the case with him. He's 2.74 walks per nine. He doesn't give up a ton of home runs. Some of that might have been directly related to playing in Oracle Park. You know, the ERA is 266. The FIP is 271. So there's not a whole lot of smoke and mirrors there. He is who he is. And who he is is a really, really good pitcher.
0: Yeah, and he does. He doesn't give up a ton of home runs. I mean, you could say thirteen's a fair amount. That, that's not, that's not great, but he does a great job because his stuff breaks down. He he goes about things very very well. I ha- I'm about to pull up his splits here because I'd be very interested interested to see his actual splits how he handles righties because that's going to be a big deal this year with the new reliever rules where you have to face a three batter minimum or a two batter minimum. I think it is. Uh, but th- there's just a lot of stuff that you can do with him that I don't see you being able to do with the guys that you had in your bullpen before. He, If you want him to close, he's a better closer than Melanson. You can use him in any situation, and you're going to feel great about having him. And for a team like Atlanta, you already have a really good young offense. You're not spending a lot of money on any one player aside from Freddie Freeman. This was a fantastic move, and if it, if it ends up signaling more to come, this could finally be the season that Liberty Media goes to even say 135 million dollar payroll, which for you and me, that's an extra 20 million from what you started with this past year. That's incredible.
1: Yeah, it is. And you also and has talked a lot about always reserving some money for mid-season. So, I mean, he added a bunch of money in the middle middle of the year between Keikel, Greens money, Melanson's money. So, that stands if if he is to try and shoot the moon again at the at the trade deadline. I mean that that right there. I mean how much how much was that right there? Like thirty three million dollars that he added mid season just through those guys. So yeah yeah. So starting the OD payroll with one hundred and thirty five million dollars. That's that is a dream. And just listen to this. First off, special shout out to uh, to our buddy Boggy for um, <laughs> for the ad at the very beginning of the show, but also for providing me with this list. Are you ready for this, Dylan? A Ar- Arodis Vizcaino, Jesse Biddle, Shane Carl, Chad Sabatka, Josh Tomlin, Luke Jackson, Wes Parsons, Johnny Venters. That was your 2019 opening day bullpen. If you'll excuse me, I'm going to go be sick. Now, if you look at the 2020, what's on there already? When you've got Green and Melanson... You've got Darren O'Day. You've got Luke Jackson coming back, which is probably going to make somebody else sick. And now you've got Will Smith. The steps that have been taken just in that particular area. I mean, how many games did we watch the bullpen lose last year? Just in the regular season, not even counting the playoffs. This is humongous, dude. This is, this is amazing. It,
0: it really is. And just looking at the split, Smith is significantly better against lefties, especially in the strikeout. Ratio, but his numbers aren't aren't horrifically bad against righties. So they're slugging four twelve off him last year. I I'm so excited for this move. The Braves bullpen finally has a piece that I feel like you can actually turn to. Like I've liked a lot of people in the Braves bullpen. Like you know I like Chris Martin a lot. Um, I don't mind Shane Green. I like Mark Melanson. But none of those none of those three are, are guys that I look at and, and say are dominant bullpen stoppers. This is something. Now say the Braves go out and get Dylan Betances as well as you and I talked about before the show started which i would still do in a heartbeat because you could get him way cheaper than he deserves you're talking about something that would rival the 2018 milwaukee brewers
1: it's or or any of the the recent yankees teams where where they had chapman and batances and andrew miller and, and or they were stacking all all of these really amazing relievers one on top of another i mean this this year too the, they had they had a really good bullpen, which is one of the few parts of the team that actually managed to to stay together. But having having uh, Mike Soroka, who's not a rookie, uh, Max Freed, who stretched out, hopefully Mike Fultonavich can can ride out his success for last year, and then you you know you add in Sean Newcomb, or hopefully you trade for John Gray or or somebody of that ilk, and then you put this bullpen on the backside of that. I mean that is. That's huge. We talked so much about how the Nationals winning the World Series was going to be like a real kick in the pants for this Braves front office to go out there and say, we won the division, but we weren't the best team in the division because the best team in the division won the World Series. Like, they know they got a big road. And even, even if the Nationals lose Strasburg and Rendon, the Braves have a lot of work to do. So this is a big step, big, big step. And you look at some of the guys in the NL East, like your Bryce Harper like your Juan Soto, if you're the Phillies or the Nats, these are the guys you want coming up late in the game when it's on the line. And if the Braves have somebody like Will Smith, who, if I'm not mistaken, Smith last year against lefties allowed a 395 OPS. Not OBP, but like a 395 OPS against... He had a
0: negative FIP against lefties. That's
1: unbelievable. That, that is like 2011 Craig Kimbrell all season long. You know what I mean? Like that's it's so impressive. It's so impressive what he's able to do and it fills in a very specific need. So I like this, but it I keep, like this a lot. keeps coming back to that one question, what now? Because if this is the last move, then it's kind of like, oh man, is that really is that it? But but it's it's November 15th. There's so much time and we were saying the same thing last year. Oh my God, they signed Josh Donaldson. Oh my God, they brought back Brian McCann. They're going to do so many things. They're going to sign Bryce Harper and they're going to sign Andrew McCutcheon and they're going to trade for Shoei Otani, you know, (laughs) whatever. There's a million things, a million places where the mind goes. So now, now it's going to be even harder to be patient and wait. Like I was fine with the off season until as soon as this news broke. And I'm like, please God, give me more. It's like getting that, getting that hit. You got, you got to get another one as soon as you get the first one.
0: Absolutely, and I'm going to go ahead and break the rule that I stated on TPS last night that I wasn't going to break. Now I'm just going to start speculating about other pieces I'd like to add. Now that you've gotten Will Smith, go ahead and take care of two more problems at once and go get go trade for Contreras and you Darvish. Let's let's test Liberty Media and say see exactly how much money they're wanting to allocate to this team. Get me Darvish and Contreras to go along with Will Smith now and. Sign Mike Mustakis, and there you go. I think you've got a, a great offseason right there.
1: Yeah, the, there are. It's it's not just individual positions to be filled. And we kind of talked about this on the companion episode. Like with with losing Donaldson, you're not just losing third base. You're also losing your cleanup hitter, and you don't necessarily have to fill those in the exact same spot. So getting Contreras gives you the cleanup guy. Getting Mustakis gives you the power guy, and then it still gives you the chance to go left, right, left through the the middle of the order. I would love for Josh Donaldson to come back, but if it's going to allow the team to get really creative about how they fill these remaining holes, like, like with a Contreras Moustakas type thing, you know, the Darvis thing, I know that the Cubs want to shed money, but I I think that deal gets real complicated when you start moving that, that much money around, but I'm, I'm not turning my back on it, man. I, let's get weird. Let's get really, really weird. We've seen two years of a kind of neutered Alex Anthopoulos. You know, no no disrespect intended, but you know what I mean compared to trader Alex who just sw- swing just swinging a 12-person deal for absolutely no reason. Um, if there's anybody that I trust to do that, it's him. So now he's older, he's wiser, he's got a better idea of what he wants to do. And I think if I had to guess now, I would say that, more so than not, this signals a really, really interesting active off season. I just really hope I'm right.
0: I'm very excited to see what happens next. There's a lot of moves coming i think I really do believe that there that there are a lot of moves coming. I don't know that they're necessarily going to be the giant moves. It's like if you're expecting Zach wheeler um. I don't know that I'm on that train. He's going to have a huge market. I'm not sure the Braves will be the ones to nail him. I do think they'll be in on him. I just don't think that they're going to go crazy on the spending for him. Uh, I do think this kind of signals the end of the Braves and Bumgarner, unless Bumgarner wants to go to a much less money than is being projected right now. But, I mean... First move, good move, and I consider this the first move. I don't consider re-signing your own players the first moves in free agency. Um, this will be the the first domino, I think, for the Braves in their free agency, and um, hard to think of a better one just to, to start off with.
1: Agreed. I I just I love this.
0: I I absolutely do too. Now, before we get too long-winded on this, I'm going to cut this episode off in just a second. One other interesting tidbit for Will Smith. Um, one that kind of illustrates the volatility of relievers and how they're how they used to be viewed before the new style came around. He was traded for Alberto cayaspo
1: <laughs> Former Braves legendary second baseman, Alberto cayaspo for those of you still. Still suffering from the 2015 season, you will recognize that name. He got traded for Norio Aoki once, once as well. His transaction sheet is just long and illustrious.
0: A- <laughs> Norio Aoki, that's a trivia question answer. Yeah,
1: uh, he got he also got traded for Phil Bickford once, who was drafted by Alex Anthopoulos.
0: <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Uh, well, I'm going to give this move a quick A plus. We'll see how the rest of this off season goes, but for now, I think that's enough for today for this emergency airing of the podcasts. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in, whichever whichever site you tuned in on. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate you, Doc. Glad you're able to join for a quick emergency show.
1: Glad to do it, man. Uh, l- let's hope that uh, we get to do this again next week, because that means the brave signed somebody else.
0: Absolutely. All right, guys. Make sure you enjoy this week, celebrate appropriately, and uh, let's get ready for this to get to a weird off season. With that being said, thank you guys so much, and uh, we'll be back again soon. Next time there's a big move, you'll hear us on the Locked On channel. Um, As far as the TPS goes, you'll hear us again next week. Thank you guys so much. We'll be back.
1: Thanks. Bye.